All right. Welcome to the Best Friends Fantasy Football Podcast. This is day two, our post-draft rankings. We are. We are. David, how much of the actual draft would you say that you watched? Was it 90%? I feel dirty discussing that information. I will, I will say I did not watch the second round because it happened while I was still at work. But um, I, for, I forget that once you get to the later rounds, it's not just 32 picks. Did you know that? Do you, do you notice that? No, I was very confused after the second round. Um, then came the third round, which I, I knew that was happening. But today I woke up slightly late. I checked my phone and the draft is happening. Yeah, I knew. So I woke. I, I also woke up at 12 today. And <laughs> I had woken up to think about Jacob Eason being drafted. And I was like, I did not remember Jacob Eason being drafted. And then I realized that they were already in round six. Uh, oh, exactly. Just, I uh, saw the same thing with uh, Jake Fromm. I know. I, so just for context, there were there are 32 teams. So you, you, you'd think there would be 32 picks, but we had 42 picks in round three. We had 40 picks in round four. So I, I don't understand. You know, I, I understand it's probably something about compensatory picks. We had 34 picks in round five. Round six, which they're actually still in the middle of, but they haven't even finished round six. We've been going for about at least five hours. There's 36 picks in round six. And then round seven, there's 36 picks. So I, I don't, you know, I don't understand how that math works, but uh, this isn't a draft for, this isn't a podcast for GMs. We're, we're talking specifically fantasy implications. And, you know, after, it, I, I think you and I were talking about, there's some real interesting, uh, some skill position players here that could, uh, could shake things up. That is correct. Some very interesting skill position players. Um, and we're going to go through the rankings right now, starting with running backs, heading into wide receivers, and finishing off with tight ends. So let's get straight into it with our top rookie running back rankings. Josh, who yeah. do you have number one? So I think running backs, they're always the thing with the fits, you know. Um, I think we came into the draft thinking that um, this always happens to me with running backs more so than quarterbacks or wide receivers. Cause I feel like if you're a good, if you're a good quarterback or a good wide, like you're going to end up getting production, but the running back thing, it's so spread out now that I just think it's all about the system that you play it. You know, if you have like a, a guy like, um, I mean, Leonard Fournette's not a really great example, but, um, someone like, like I remember Ronald Jones, who, I mean, I think we're, we're going to talk about later, but... Well, we're going to talk about Ronald Jones later. I think you, I mean, I, you know, us being USC guys, I watched Ronald Jones that entire Sam Darnold year, and I thought that dude was, good, like, by far the most talented guy coming out of that draft. I, I mean, more so than, than Darnold, more so than Juju, and he has just kind of shown up on the bucks and just... He hasn't worked out, I think, for a variety of reasons, but I think you could also say, like, Peyton Barber and him had similar skill sets. Um, and then, so I think it really looks like now you're not looking for the complete type running back. They're basically, you're looking for the fast running backs, you know, a.k.a. the DeAndre Swifts, the, you know, the um, the more nifty kind of shifting people. Uh, and then you have, like, the pass-catching backs, all on your James White, which – 
um, I think we'll talk about with a couple other people like in, like an Antonio Gibson from this draft. But um, yeah, so let's go through. I So the first running back off the board was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to the Chiefs from LSU, which was not, I think, what everyone had expected the first running back to be. Um, I... I, I thought they were if they were going to go with anyone. I thought they were going to go with a little more of a burner, someone who's a who's a bit more um, a bit more of the Chiefs kind of athletic type feel. I mean, they already kind of have Shady McCoy. He was a little so bit. So you older. mean uh, you're talking about Darwin Thompson? We need more Darwin Thompsons on the Chiefs. Let's yeah. I mean the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs. I, I think we're, they're basically building a track team, and I I thought Clyde Edwards Lear was a really interesting pick because he's more of a bruiser um like he's not going to be an every down back I mean he's he's five seven uh, but he if you watch a lot of LSU he does he, he's a good he knows how to catch stuff out of the backfield um he's not much of a blocker so I don't know how many how how much snaps he's going to get as as compared to um Damian. you know a, a Damien or a Darwin I mean well, does uh, does Damien pass block? He's not too big either. Well, he's not, but he he's a little bit more. He's, he's a little just, bigger. Yeah. So I I think the thing with the Chiefs is they're going to be so they have they have Darwin, they have Damien. Do they still have Lashawn McCoy? Is he still on the roster? Definitely not. I want to say definitely not. So I mean, I think the big thing here is okay. With Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who, where does he jump up in the ranks? Does he become their number one running back? Like, and then who's out? Do we? Okay, so so Lashawn McCoy is a free agent, so he's technically not on the team. So I would assume, and I think what's going to be interesting is with the obviously the pandemic. You you know, training camp is not going to be. Um, I mean, it's just kind of it's in question right now. So I think. For, quite, for a lot of these rookies, it's going to be how quickly can they just jump into the system. And I think the Chiefs are a team that's pretty consistent about they're okay with like letting their young guys wait. So I think you could I, – I, I would be surprised if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is above Damian Williams on the depth chart, at least week one. Do you think he will finish the year a top 15 running back? No, 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 no. I, I Interesting. Think, I mean, I mean, what was Damien last year? Was Damien a top? I mean, I know he got injured. Well, Damien uh, was probably somewhere around RB twenty, I would guess. He was injured for a lot of parts of the year, and even when he came back, he was he didn't look the same. But Damien actually, uh, he was on pace for having a great year, and uh, I only see uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire doing better than Damien because you know. Damien's not some elite talent. I think we've we've known that for a while. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be. Uh, will he actually be? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll just be kind of um, more of a pass-catching, scat-back, someone like... Uh, I don't know. I hope he's not better Darwin Thompson because he seems exactly I, I think, what, I, like I, what I, I thought Darwin would be. I think it's clear. He's going to be the number one running back for the Chiefs. The question is when. So I, I, I think if you're looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as like, if you're trying to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first five or six rounds, I think that's way too high. I, I would say he's going to be eased in. 
Um, I, I think he's going to, at the best, split carries the first half of the year. <coughs> Excuse me. I do hear a weird noise on your end. What's up? Is there like a walking noise? Oh, you know what? My brother's playing drums. <laughs> That's okay. We support the uh, musical Port- arts here. I didn't know your brother played the drums. That's interesting. No, he did. You know what? Actually, I'm going to... Okay, so... so I mean- let's talk about... Um, let's start a broader discussion about Chiefs running backs right now because we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to the Chiefs. Are any of these running backs worth having because last year you know very well I traded you for Damian Williams because I wanted my Chiefs running backs and it turns out the Chiefs don't really need running backs they really don't I know that everyone likes to say that the running back position is so valuable for the Chiefs because they're running all these wheel routes and couching all these passes and the Andy Reid system all these other defenders are too distracted to look at the running back but I really don't think that the Chiefs need a great running back. Well, here's, I think, the question is, do we think the Chiefs are trying to increase their dependence on running backs? Interesting question. Interesting question. Because, of course, uh, like last year, you see the Ravian, the, sorry, the Ravians, the Ravens, ran it uh insane amount of times they passed it for record lows chiefs kind of on the opposite spectrum and do you expect these trends to continue or do you expect them to kind of even out i think the chiefs are smart and i think they know that they want to balance as much um, as they can that being said i i don't think i think just because they put a first round pick in clyde edwards layer I, I don't think that means they're going to be super um super fast in the process of getting him to uh to be the primary guy so i i i still think damian williams has pretty good value i think it diminishes his value like i, I think right now he's a i think we had him before he's like in that rb 10 to 20 range or 10 to 15 range i think he probably drops i i don't know i i just i don't think he's gonna drop that far i i, I think he's still a top 25 running back Let's get um let's make a list of the running backs that we want to talk about today. I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor, Keyshawn Vaughn, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, and Anthony McFarland. Who am I missing? Did you say Cam Akers? Cam Akers, of course. How could I forget about Cam Akers? He's probably actually the first one we should start with. Probably the most fantasy relevant running back uh for this rookie class. Yeah. Who else is there? Uh, we can. Oh, go- of course, there's Zach Moss. Oh, Jesus Christ, is Zach Moss? I yeah, I think I, I wanted to talk about Swift, Taylor, Acres, Dobbins, and Vaughn. Those are kind of the big things, and then uh, you know. Okay, so uh, let's figure out. Okay, so we have eight running backs to talk about today. Once again, to summarize, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the Kansas City Chiefs now, Jonathan Taylor, an Indianapolis Colt, Keyshawn Vaughn will be joining Tom Brady in the Patriots, 
J.K. Dobbins, power runner, going to the Ravens, should be very scary this year. DeAndre Swift headed over to Detroit. Yikes, I don't know how I feel about that one. Anthony McFarland, a later round pick from today, going to the Steelers, Cam Akers to the Rams, and finally Zach Moss to the Bills. Watch out, Devin Singletary. All right, let's start off. We talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do you want to go into – yeah. Let's just let's just go down by the order in which they're picked, which I have up here. So let's Oh let's, yeah, the, okay. Let's go to let's go to DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, uh now on the Detroit Lions. Oh, what is that? We have our special guest in today, Timothy Shower, everyone. Yeah. What do you think about what are we talking about? DeAndre Swift? Yeah, we're talking about Swift. Swift, will he be a top fifteen running back? No. No. You heard it first, everyone. No, from Tim Shower, the fantasy god, DeAndre Swift will not be a top 15 running back this year. I mean, yeah. Well, I, okay, so here, here's my thing with DeAndre Swift. I, I think this is a pick less about DeAndre Swift, actually, and more about On Johnson. Agreed, agreed. Because I think, you know, I think it's just been become clear that I, I, I don't know if On Johnson just has the durability to be – an every and every down kind of workhorse back, which I think the Lions were kind of hoping he was. And I think once they went down, once he went down last year, they were kind of in a um, a bit of a stretch. I think they were looking at both Scarborough, who's who's still on the team, uh, Ty Johnson, who I, I don't believe is still there. Um, but I, I think the Swift part's really good because I think he he's able to work in a way that complements um, carry on in the way that he's, he's a much more of explosive back, more of a burst. I think carry on is more of a bruiser. Um, but I think he's more of a luxury back. I, I think you're going to be able to see them use DeAndre Swift in a lot more interesting ways than they were using carry on. Um, I, I think as opposed to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I think DeAndre Swift will end up becoming the primary back in Detroit. Um, but I think, again, I think that's more, but I, I just, I don't know how much, carry on Johnson is they're going to trust carry on Johnson to, to, to take the primary load. Agreed. And just to show how little faith the uh, Detroit Lions have in carry on Johnson's health, not only did they grab DeAndre Swift, but I saw, was it today? They also picked up another running back. Jason Hundley from New Mexico state. I, I would say that's more of an insurance thing. Right. And DeAndre Swift, of course, will be great insurance for on Johnson. He has not had the same amount of carries that some of these other running backs have had over their college careers. He's stayed pretty injury-free. Um, I like the way he runs. I like the way his body looks. I think he will be a great RB1 maybe in the second half of this year. You think he's going to be an RB1? Wow. I think he'll finish the year as an RB1. I think he'll be someone like a Miles Sanders who you kind of wait for for the first half, and then finally he emerges. I think that's interesting. I think, again, the thing with running backs is also just running backs on bad teams. Of course. Especially towards the end of the year, they're going to have issues with – they're just going to be in garbage time. I just don't know how much – I mean, Swift, I think, has a lot of good pass catching ability. Um I, I, I would be interested to see how – I think he's someone who I think is going to be really team-dependent on how the Lions choose to use him and, and also just how the Lions go. Yeah, um, of course. Let's talk about – or not let's talk about, but real quickly, the Lions are a dysfunctional organization. 
headed by Matt Patricia, a dysfunctional coach who year after year says he wants to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball more, and somehow it never turns out well. And somehow the Lions seem to always be losers. Um, I don't see the season going any differently with them under Matt Patricia. I think he is gone by the end of the year. Yeah, I would I would agree though that. Although I we'll save we'll save my thoughts for the Lions. We'll say yeah, we'll save our thoughts on the Lions. Who do you have next on your running back list? So the next running back drafted was Jonathan Taylor to the Colts. Interesting one. Probably I would say the most interesting pick on here. I really don't know how this one's going to turn out. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, so Taylor obviously um Huge production in Wisconsin, one of the one of the more ran for six thousand yards in, in only three years. Uh, just a, a historic career. Um, definitely more of a between the tackles type running back. He he has speed. He he's definitely a he has kind of like he has good burst. He ran sub four four at the combine. Yeah, and I think he he actually I think a lot of these um, Wisconsin backs that come out, you know the the uh, Melvin Gordon's and the Monty balls, like they're able to, I think they're able to adjust pretty easily to the NFL. So I think he's a good back. I think the two questions that come up is where does he fit in with Marlon back? Exactly. Because I think a lot of us were thinking about Marlon back as a top 20 running back this year. The question I think obviously with Marlon back is his health. Um, so you bring, Jonathan Taylor and I, I just, I don't know necessarily what the difference in skill sets is with that. Exactly, exactly. And that's what confuses me the most because going into the season, I really liked Marlon Mack, of course, as all fancy people will tell you, if he can only get the the catches in, he would be an RB1, hands down. We have Phillip Rivers coming to the Colts. It seemed as though even if Naeem Hines gets like, you know, 50 passes, Marlon Mack could have still gotten maybe 25 to 30, which I would say would really help him out. Now you have Jonathan Taylor coming in, and it's almost the exact same situation where you're saying he hasn't historically been a pass-catching back, but maybe with Phillip Rivers he'll be the same. And I don't know how to differentiate these two running backs. I say it's probably going to – unless Jonathan Taylor comes out and looks so much better than Marlon Mack, which I don't think he will be, as Marlon Mack is a very good player. I think they will split carries, and Naheem Hines will come in for a lot of those uh, for a lot of those catching plays, and uh, it's going to be a hell. I think it's interesting because I I thought of all the running backs. I thought Jonathan Taylor was the most ready to plug in and just go because he has enough of the catches. Uh, the sorry, the reps. Um, I agree. I think this this seems more of a value pick to the Colts. Um, Obviously, Chris Ballard, their GM, is uh, real high on value. They're, they're, I mean, they're a smart front office, and I think they just saw the best player on the board and they took him. Um, I think he, I think Jonathan Taylor actually ends up. I think they split it. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor. I guess Marlon Mack's on a contract here, apparently. So maybe, um, maybe this is just a sign they're going to try to ride Taylor more towards the end of the year. Um, yeah, I, th- this is definitely just a wait and see, and I, I, I think, I think it's too early to tell. I think it's too early to tell too. Even if Marlon Mack, I'm thinking in my head, did get injured, uh, Taylor would still probably be splitting with Naeem Hines. Um, that one's a wait and see. 
I would draft him maybe in the fourth or fifth round right now. We'll see what comes out of training camp. Mac? Mac or Taylor? No, 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 no. Uh, Taylor, if during training camp, the Colts organization makes it clear that he will be a lead back. Yeah, see, this See, this is the thing about running backs. It's just – You don't know. You never know with running backs. There's only so touches you can give, and, and I think it definitely – like, no matter how talented the running – like, Jonathan Taylor is a really talented running back. It's just, you know, is he going to be able to get, you know, enough attention? Uh, and let's not forget with Jonathan Taylor because, of course – Actually, you know, Jonathan Taylor, more than all of these guys, I feel like you see him and you say, yeah, that's the most NFL-ready back, who also happened to have 18 fumbles. 18. 18 fumbles or drops. Do you know which one it was? In his career? Yeah, in his college career. He has, a, he has an issue holding onto the ball. I mean, it's probably fumbles. He, he's not much of a receiver. Um, it could be drops. I mean, either I mean, way. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, – Again, again, it's really just – it's a lot about the situation. It's a lot of, uh, I'm just – I wanted to be careful after remembering having Chris Carson last year, and all it takes, man, all it takes is one fumble, and the team will get pissed, they will take you out, and fancy owners will be disappointed. Yeah, again, like we said, it's really a situational thing, uh, which is contrasted with our next running back drafted off the board, uh, Cam Akers from Florida State going to the Rams, who – I mean, well, first, David, do you want to give an update on Cam Akers' knees and comparing them to Todd Gurley's knees? On today's segment of knees, Cam Akers has good knees. Woo! Congratulations, Rams. You, you Cam finally... Akers actually also uh, broke out uh, in the year Dalvin Cook. He was Dalvin Cook's successor at Florida State, so now he's also succeeding uh, Todd Gurley in L.A., so... Maybe Cam just has a knack for finding those guys who have no knees. (laughs) I think Cam Akers should be the number one rookie running back for this season. And you know what? I'll probably say hands down. He will hands down be the best running back in this class here. Um, All these other guys, they all come with some slightly more major concerns. I think Cam Akers will go to Los Angeles. I think he will be the running back number one. Even if they do go with a committee, I don't particularly see too much talent in Malcolm Brown or in uh, Daryl Henderson. So I think he has a good job there. Yeah, I think this is – I wasn't as high on Cam Akers as a lot of people, um, but he does have – he's a pretty complete back. He he, he, – He's able to catch the ball. He's a good blocker. I think he's one of the better blockers uh, between the running backs of this group. Um, he, he has a pretty good – I would say he's one of those guys that isn't a 10 on any category, but he is pretty much like – he's no worse than a 7 across the board. Exactly. And no one – we don't want those 10s. Get those 10s out of here. 10 is Saquon Barkley. No one here is Saquon Barkley. You want a well-rounded guy, not too big, not too small, not too aggressive, not too whatever the opposite of that is, but – just these nice in the middle backs. Yeah, I think this is. I think this is an interesting thing because I think he is going to end up being. He, I think, if any of these rookies is going to have, I think, the most opportunity because I, I think you and I both agree that Malcolm Brown is not going to be. No, I think I don't. I don't think he was ever going to end up being the number one running back. Um, and I think there's just still a mystery about Daryl Henderson. We we didn't really see him last year at all. Then I think the mystery is pretty clear. He's not a great back. 
Yeah, I just, with knowing what the Rams knew about Gurley's knees and, because I remember, remember last year they drafted Daryl Henderson. I think all of us were kind of thinking like, is he, I think he went, he was going high as I think as like round six or seven in people's drafts. Because Ridiculous. I think he just assumed that he was going to be the successor. And he just never did anything. And I, I just feel like the Rams would have put him out there if he, if they thought he could, if they thought he was going to do anything. So, um, yeah, tough, tough to see. I, I, not too sure about this, but I, I mean, I think it just spells that I think Cam Akers is the Rams' number one running back week one, regardless. When you watch Cam Akers play too, he looks like the number one running back. A lot of these guys that were drafted in the later rounds on these good teams, you know, are, uh, are Darwin's of the world, are Daryl's of the world. When you watch them play, you can't really imagine them being the number one back. And you just kind of say in your head, you know, maybe it's a good team, but Cam Akers does look like the part. And I think you'll have a lot of success. All right. Who's next on your list? So the next back, we go three picks later and we get to, we get to my guy, JK Dobbins drafted again, more of the Taylor thing, drafted by the Ravens, who had literally a number one all-time historic rushing offense last year. They have Lamar. They have Mark Ingram. They had the Gus Bus. I think Justice Hill is still on the team. But, you know, they just decided, like, we're going value again. They took J.K. Dobbins. Do you like the pick? I'm, see, this is the thing. Or I'm, do you like it for fantasy? The more important question, of course. I think J.K. Dobbins, I, I was pretty high. I think J.K. Dobbins was the best back in this draft. Um, I watched the most of him. He's, he's just like, he just fits, I think, what the modern NFL back is. He, he's not a great receiver, but he's, he can catch the ball. Um, he's not like, I think people, he's not like Curtis Samuel, like the other Ohio State guy who kind of came out, was kind of both. Um, I just he's 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 able to do a power running game, but he's got really great top end speed. Um, I I the 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 question for me is I just I just don't know how much shine he's getting in Baltimore. I I think he's I think this probably means Justice Hill is irrelevant. Um, the Gus Edwards thing is just strange because I just I think we always kind of are like. You forget just Gus Edwards had 700 yards last year. Oh, Gus Edwards is great. Um, I mean, Mark Ingram is 30. I, I mean, I, I, I would see, I could see them trying to pull back, but. Um, but he's also got one year left on his contract. Yeah, I just, my thing is this. I think you have Mark Ingram's, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards. I think they're going to just basically split up a lot of the carries. So I don't know. I think this is more of a pick that's going to just, kind of shoot down Mark Ingram's value. Well, um, you're also uh, forgetting about their lead rusher. Yeah, Lamar, which I, and, but I, again, I think they're going to, I don't think Lamar's going to run as much as he did last year. I think No, they, of course they, not. They, I think they know they can't risk that. RG three part two. Yeah. And then RG three gets to play again. So everybody wins. And the Ravens also have RG three. So maybe you have six people who can, who can, who could <laughs> in theory rush for a thousand yards. Um, yeah, I, I love JK Dobbins, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much, I just don't see a scenario where he's going to get more than a hundred to 200 touches. Well, it's interesting because 
I think J.K. Dobbins is definitely going to be uh, in the second half of these running backs taken on the board come fantasy draft day. But let's not forget that uh, Mark Ingram was splitting a lot of carries too. Lamar Jackson was taking a lot of his runs, and somehow he still managed to be the number five running back in uh, standard leagues. Yeah, but I think another Mark Ingram thing is I think he was also someone who was really touchdown dependent last year. I think he had, he had a lot of touchdowns, especially early on in the year. Um, as someone who had Mark Ingram on my team, I think he isn't here. Here's what I think is going to end up happening. I think Mark Ingram, obviously, cause he can be kind of more of a catching guy in the backfield. I think he's still going to be your primary back. I think they're going to use Dobbins, um, more in just the burst part of it. I think they'll, they'll use him on a couple different packages. And I, I think Gus Edwards is going to be the insurance back, uh, mm-hmm. that they use kind of just to pace the two. But I, if I was going to call it right now, I think I would say Ingram and Dobbins are going to be the primary backs, but I, I just don't see Dobbins having enough uh, opportunities to really vault him into that, that top kind of 40 running back range. Also, I think it's – before we get on to our next running back, quick note, I think it's so interesting how the Ravens construct their team where you have all these just very important parts of the running game and uh, most fans would say, oh, what if, you know, Lamar actually does get rg 3 What if he does get injured? Or what if, you know, one of their main runners, uh, um, if Mark Ingram, the 30-year-old, actually does sustain injury? And then you say, oh, they just have so much depth. They could just put in RG3 and J.K. Dobbins, and their team would look almost the exact same, which I think is a very interesting team in the NFL right now. All right, who's next on your list? So – we're not going to talk about these guys kind of more in depth. I'll, I'll put these guys into a group um, before we get to our next guy, which is Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. Um, so I, but I, I wanted to just quickly touch over – did you want to talk about McFarland? I kind of do want to talk about Anthony McFarland. Okay, okay. Well, I well, didn't think I would. I didn't think that anyone past the first three rounds I would want to talk about, but Anthony McFarland going to Steelers – I don't have faith in anyone over there. I don't think they're going to sign anyone new, and it's an interesting pick. Okay, then I'm going to hold – okay, we'll hold McFarland. I'm going to talk – I'm going to briefly just go over A.J. Dillon, Darrington Evans, and Joshua Kelly. Oh, geez, I completely okay. forgot about A.J. Dillon. Yeah, go. I think these guys are not going to be relevant to a whole degree this year. I think Josh Kelly's going to be – these guys are going to be the clear number – well, I think they're going to be the clear backups – like, you're not going to see these people unless there's an injury to Eckler. You're not going to see Kelly unless there's an injury to Eckler, unless maybe he fits with – he fights with Justin You Jackson. don't think he's the goal line back? I I'm, no, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that because I looked up how, how much he weighs earlier today, and I was like, that's more no, than Eckler. Is, Kelly, Kelly's more of a receiver, and I, I don't think – he, he kind of just I, – I don't think he's going to – have much to stand out apart from Eckler and Jackson. I think AJ Dillon is going to be a clear number three behind Jamal Williams and, and Aaron Jones. Of course. Um, Derek and Evans, I think is just going to be insurance for um, Derek Henry. I and, want to and, go on to these other running backs, but at the same time, I want to talk about how hilarious it was when the Packers went quarterback and running back. And running back. Uh, I mean, Derek Jones, I should point out is a, is a, is a pretty good receiver. Um, so maybe that's what the, the Titans are going to try to expand that Dion Lewis role that they never really used last year. Mm-hmm. So, 
Okay, so Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn going to the Buccaneers and joining Tom Brady. Will he be that number one back over Ronald Jones? Yes or no? I know that we're USC people, so of course we want to root for Ronald Jones. Uh, of course, is, uh, protecting the quarterback is going to be very important for the Buccaneers this year. He had some trouble with that last year. Uh, do you like Keyshawn Vaughn? So, I think while we we do support Ronald Jones, he's not like <laughs> I, I I don't think he's by I don't think Tampa Bay is like committed to Ronald Jones. <laughs> no, of course not. They would have made that clear. Uh, and I, you know, Peyton Barber's gone. Uh, Dare Ogun. Don't even worry about it. Dari is still on the team. I don't, I don't know how much he's going to be a factor. I, I think the Keyshawn Vaughn probably could be the number one running back. Again, I think I think that's just dependent on how much time they have in training camp. He he's a he's a more complete back. He's a he's a good pass protector. Apparently, that was that was what I kept reading about him. Hmm. Um, and he's got explosion. I'll read you a, a quote from Skip Bayless. Also, the Interbuild grad um, who said, Keyshawn Vaughn from my school, Vanderbilt, can all caps play. The GOAT will enjoy handing it and flipping it to him. Tough runner at 215 who runs faster with ball than 4.5, that, which was his 40 yard dash. Back to back thousand yards in SEC, caught 28 passes, averaging 10 yards. Um, also checked in with some of my um, MK's family, who, as you know, are from Nashville, and her parents are both Vanderbilt alums. And they said he was the only guy who was good. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what that means for Vanderbilt football, which, as we is generally regarded as the worst team in the SEC. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for him. Let me ask an interesting question here because I feel like Keyshawn Vaughn and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are coming into similar situations where they're going to pass first teams, great, well, great pass first teams, uh, where they probably will get a chance to score, maybe won't get the number of carries that fantasy owners want them to get. But who do you want more, Keyshawn Vaughn or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, assuming they're both number one backs in the committee for their teams? I think I would go with – I think I'm going to go with Keyshawn Vaughn. I'd go with Keyshawn too. Very interesting. Very interesting. It's not that I don't think Clyde edwards Hilaire is going to work because I – it's not going to work because I do. Um, my one concern about the Keyshawn Vaughn thing is I think it's going to be – and I think we're going to find out really early on in the season is – is this going to be a Tom Brady system in Tampa Bay? Um, are they going to, or are they going to, is it just going to be still the Bruce Arians system? Because Bruce Arians does have a good, um, they're not, I mean, they're good with running backs. I would right. I mean, they had that, the one David Johnson year, I think was really good. Um, the one Kareem Hunt year was also great for uh, Andy Reid. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think I trust Andy Reid's system a little bit more with running backs. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also, I think with Tom Brady, and then maybe this is also just a, a indication of the Patriots joining backs, you know, the Sony Michelle, like those guys kind of 
they don't have that ceiling, you know, that high ceiling right. a guy like Kareem Hunt has. I think the most productive fantasy back in Tom Brady's career, at least the, the latter James part, of, yeah, probably James White. Well, that's an interesting point now that I'm thinking about it because Tom Brady didn't support too many great fantasy running backs, but that's also because James White was always there, literally always there to take all those catches away. And now maybe that could change a little bit with Keyshawn Vaughn. I think so. Here's the thing I think Keyshawn Vaughn has a higher ceiling. Like, I think he has more opportunity. And I think if we're just comparing him to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, if Clyde Edwards Hilaire ends up being the number one running back in the Chiefs offense, then I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be much better. I just, I, I just don't know how much he's going to outdo Damian Williams right now. Keyshawn Vaughn, I, 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 you know, we love Ronald Jones, but I, you know, I don't know. Ronald I don't Jones, know he doesn't have it. I don't know what that competition's going to be like. Ronald Jones, I would describe as he's got the juice. I don't know if he has the right juice. I think he might be drinking some different type of juice. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Let's go next. Let's go. Who's next? So next is your boy, Zach Moss. Woo! Or should I say, potentially your new boy if Devin Singletary is out? I was so excited and so happy to see what Devin Singletary could do this upcoming year. Or, or I was excited to see if they had drafted a really good running back. I would, I would be curious to see what that running back could do. Instead, they drafted Zach Moss, who he is a great running back. He's not the type of running back I want on my fantasy team. He is the type of running back that goes downhill, just absolutely destroys dude by putting down his shoulder. And every time he hits someone, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, he's going to be injured next year. Oh, Jesus, he's going to be injured today or something. He does have a very strange injury history. I've I've been doing my research on Zach Moss because he had a knee injury, not an on-field knee injury, an off-the-field knee injury when he was getting into his shower and his knee locked up on him. And I don't know, it was messy, but he needed surgery uh, to fix it. That's probably why he fell down the draft boards that and his rather aggressive running style. Um, He will be a great compliment to Devin Singletary. I don't know if I want either one of them on my fantasy team. You have Josh Allen running the ball a lot. You have Stefan Diggs joining that receiving core. It's going to be a weird one over in Buffalo. Yeah, I... I, I don't – I'm not – I was never as high on Devin Singletary as you were. Um, oh, come well, on, man. He I averaged like, over like five Devin. yards a carry. I like Devin. I think that him and Zach Moss kind of are similar styles of running back. So, I, Oh, I, no way, man. No way. I mean, Devin's definitely a more shiftier back. But I, 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 think, that, I think they're going to play pretty – they're going to be pretty much the same. I think they're going to be pretty – like, they're going to even it out. Yeah, and that's what happened last year with Frank Gore. And Zach Moss does kind of remind me of a, a younger Frank Gore, just the way that he wants to destroy these defenders. Yeah. All right, probably not too too much worth talking about there. Who's next on your list? Uh, we kind of – Is it Swift? I, think it's, it, I mean, LaMichael Pirine will – I'll just bring oh, touch over. Um, more of a power back, um, not really a pass guy. Is he related to my boy in the Redskins or previous boy in the Redskins? I don't know. I didn't uh, – I'm not sure. I, I think this guy's probably just ending up as your – I think he's interesting because I he could be – I think he's going to be the second kind of back to Le'Veon. 
Um, so, I mean, Le'Veon Neo has been known to have some injury stuff. So, oh, he, you know what? LaMichael Pirine, cousin of Samaji Pirine. Ah, nice, nice. So, do as you must. I, LaMichael Pirine's interesting. I, I, I don't think he's going to beat out Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actually, uh, I think he's a cuff. I think I think he's more of someone. If if you're if you're drafting Le'Veon, you may just you just may want to draft Le Michael Pierre as a backup. That reminds me of a segment I wanted or I was thinking about doing, which was uh, no excuses anymore. Oh, New okay. York okay, right, right. Yeah, Jets, yeah. New York Jets, you have no excuses anymore, or should I say, Adam Gase, no more excuses. You have the quarterback you wanted. You just got a great receiver in Mims. You boosted, you bolstered up the offensive line. You got Lev Bell. You didn't like Lev Bell, so you got some more running backs. You got a great defense. I, I don't know what more Adam Gase needs to be a winning team. I mean, of course, they're, you know, more better players would be nice, but I think it's up to him to change the Jets culture this year. Yeah, I mean... I think the Jets have a reasonable expectation that they can win the AFC East. Um, they have a good team. I mean, they, they're well, just terrible. Okay. So, I, don't, I don't know how dark this is going to be. Obviously, you know, Sam's our boy. Uh, I want the best for Sam. I, I, generally, I genuinely get so nervous now when I watch any Jets game because I'm worried that Sam Darnold is going to crater. And <laughs> I just I feel personally attached. I feel like I'm watching my child. Exactly. But I will say I, I, I just have to say, if Sam Darnold had mono, <laughs> are we sure are we sure that he's gonna be able to play in a post corona world? Wow, I did not even think about that. No more I mean, kissing. No more kissing for you, Sam. I mean, not even, I mean, but th- does that make him like when they talk about the most vulnerable, is Sam Darnold the most vulnerable the most- NFL player? <laughs> Which, I mean, we, we <laughs> maybe the Jets just use him as a thing of like, you know what? Someone has Corona. Exactly. That's, it's on you. Oh, that's a great strategy for the Jets over there. It's just like, oh yeah, and who's their, who's their coach again? Or their, no, their uh, de- defense, is it? Um, oh, Greg Williams. Greg Williams, of course, from the. Of, of Bounty Gate. Yeah, Bounty Gate just got to spread some rumors around that you don't want to be tackling Sam Darnold and uh, as many uh, main girls he's kissing. All right, let's – Okay, uh, we're getting pretty deep on this list. Uh, let's, let's do McFarland and then let's jump to the wide receivers because they're kind of the bulk of what I think we want to talk about. Well, let's do McFarland. Um, of course, Pittsburgh is a great place to end up if you're a running back. Um, they had some – luck the year before with Lev's holdout uh, when they got James Conner. James Conner looked very good. Last year, the injuries uh, did not end up well for him. They brought in Jalen Samuels. And I think Anthony McFarland is better than both of them, so I think he should just get a very good fancy role almost off the bat, maybe first three weeks. Just the fact that <laughs> like that. You're like, no, no way. Anything, have anything to do with that? Um... Did you watch – how much of Anthony McFarland did you watch at Maryland? (laughs) I just watched his highlight reels. But I love my Maryland players. I have faith in them. What are your Maryland Maryland sources say about – what do your UMD sources say about Anthony McFarland? I was seeing good things about him uh, before the draft. I thought he was going to go higher than – I thought he would maybe surprise some people in round two or three. I know he's fast. 
Um, I know that he's shifty. I don't think I just watched his quick highlight reel. I mean, he doesn't look like a big bruiser back, but he looks like someone that can do a kind of an all around type deal. Um, oh, he's from Hyattsville. That's somewhat close to where I'm from. Um, Anthony okay. McFarland going to the Steelers. I don't try. Uh, I mean, Big Ben is 38 and he's coming off of what type of Tommy John, Tommy John injury or something. Yeah. Tommy John surgery. Um, you know, if you think he's coming back better than ever, you know, a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, then sure, pull the trigger on Anthony McFarland. But other than that, I think it's time to move on. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on Anthony McFarland. <laughs> so, is it time for wide receivers? I think it is. I think it is. All right. So, I guess off the top of my head, I'm guessing that we're going to be talking about four maybe five wide receivers that came off the board uh i think well how about i think let's talk about all the first round guys okay so so, yeah that's six of them let's go let's go and then we can kind of just see if there's anyone else like down the board that you want to just like briefly touch on but right um, so uh, 15th overall pick the denver we could start off first with the first, the first wide receiver taken was not Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb. It ended up being Henry Ruggs, who I think... Uh, oh, my goodness. I literally completely forgot that Henry Ruggs was drafted by the Raiders. I, which is surprising because I think um, a lot of people are saying he, he has a little bit of that uh, young Tyreek factor. The young Tyreek factor I would describe as extremely fast but also good at football. That's a very important distinction to make after watching guys like John Ross, where you're like, oh, but they're so fast. But they're not good at football. They're not good at football. Henry Ruggs is good at football. Yeah, and I think we also want to just point out that the young Tyree comparisons are, are just to him on the football field. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> that probably just going to point that out there. <laughs> um, who, would, who would young Tyreek be off the football field? I think it's pretty well documented. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so Henry Ruggs going to the Raiders We in a very, like, just almost stereotypical Raiders pick. They just took the fastest guy on the board. <laughs> um, fun fact about Henry Ruggs, went to Robert E. Lee High School. Yes. Uh, okay, so Henry Ruggs, I think this is the question. Is Henry Ruggs the number one wide receiver? Because he, he seems more to me of a slot guy. I, regardless, regardless if he is the number one receiver, I don't want him. I do think he makes life a lot easier for the other players on the Raiders. And I think they will get the best of his fantasy impact. He will not have any impact, though. I think he fits into what? I think he complements... So the other two wide receivers, I think, that the Raiders had of note were Tyrell Williams and Hunter, uh, Hunter Renfro. I think Hunter Renfro is still going to be kind of a slot guy, um, mm-hmm. kind of just your, your very stereotypical just like – Actually, but the – sorry, sorry, but the real question would be Darren Waller because Darren Waller is the number one receiver on the Raiders right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that changes. I don't think that changes with Henry Ruggs. I, I think Henry Ruggs is going to be – I think it's really early right now, but I think he's someone who I think is going to get overdrafted in the league because I think people are going to look at 
Henry Ruggs and just see the speed and the they're just going to see touchdowns. But I don't know if he's going to be someone who's going to get, you know, more than 70 receptions in the year. I think already. Oh, no. Hell no. If he gets more than I, you know what? I'm willing to bet. We should come up with uh, some betting type deals for the podcast like uh, some of my other fantasy shows do. But I will bet that he finishes with less less receptions than Hollywood Brown did last year, which was, I believe, somewhere 40, 45 range. I wouldn't take that bet. I, Hollywood Brown was also hurt for a lot of last year. So I I think he is going to end up being – I think he's going to be a fantasy player. I think he's going to be someone who should be on a roster. I just don't know if he's going to be – like, I think – like, he's not going to be Tyreek. No. Because we should not also – Not this year. We should also mention that the quarterbacks throwing to him are Derek Carr. Oh, jeez. Not good. At throwing the deep ball. Yeah, not great at the deep ball. May have greasy hands. Um, or perhaps it's Marcus Mariota, who also not necessarily an aired out type guy. I think if you're going to get Henry Ruggs, it's going to be – I think he could do some return stuff uh, this year. I think whether they choose to use that because they drafted him so high is going to be interesting. Um, I'd be a little cautious on Henry Ruggs. I'd be cautious on Henry Ruggs, too, but I do like how he affects Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Going on to number two on the list, who I for some reason thought was number one, uh, Jerry Judy going to the Broncos. He's going to be lined up opposite side of Cortland Sutton. Do you like him for fantasy? I do. I do. So I think this is more – I think this season is really going to be more of a thing about – Drew Locke. And so KJ Hamler, I don't think we're going to talk really much about KJ Hamler. Um, oh, I do, I do like KJ, but uh, for now, it's going to be time. He's 5'9", 175. I, I think KJ Hamler is going to be the slot receiver. I think you're still going to have Cortland Sutton, who I, here's the thing. I think, I think both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are going to have really good fantasy value. Um, Cortland Sutton, like, I don't know. What, what would you say is Cortland Sutton's greatest strength? He doesn't have that speed that kills. He does have some nice he's, size. He's, he's, just, he's a baller. That dude yeah. just knows how to make catches. Yeah, and I think J- Judy, I think, you know, what everyone's been saying, he's a really good route runner. He's route really runner. polished. Um, I think both these guys are going to be really, really good threats on the outside, and I think mm-hmm. it's going to be Drew Locke who, you know, I think everyone – I don't know how much you watch Drew Locke. I just – I happen to see a lot of Broncos football because they're, like, randomly the only team that plays on CBS and in Orange County. Um, Drew Locke has a lot of arm talent. He's a little inconsistent. I think he's – That's okay. We don't need that for fantasy. We just need that arm talent. Like, he's not Josh Allen, but he has some traits. I think Drew Locke can be pretty good. Um, and I think having these wide receivers off the top, I think Denver's really going to be a really interesting offense. I think they're going to yes. have they are they signed Melvin Gordon. They still got Philip Lindsay. Royce Freeman's there for you know I don't know, but they have Noah Fant. They also have another um, tight end. Oh right, Freeman. they drafted uh, the dude, the dude with the impossible name who showed up at the combine. Oh yeah, Albert Wokabunum. Um Yeah. I, I think Jerry Judy's really good. I, I think he's going to be a top 20 wide receiver. 
I think he and Cortland wow. I think I think you could see him and Cortland Sutton. I think there's a chance that he, they could be the kind of Evans and Godwin duo. Wow. I uh, categorize the Broncos as one of my no excuses teams for going into the next year. They have the quarterback they want. They have the tight end they want. They have the running backs they want. They have the receivers they want. They still have a good defense. I, I don't know how it's going to go wrong for the Broncos. Maybe it will. But uh, well, I like them. And I think, I think a team – I think the Broncos last year were a team that dealt with a – they had a lot of really weird breaks in games. And they also had freaking Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback. They did. They did have Joe Flacco. Um, I think the Broncos were already a team to bounce back. Um, and I now they're just going to bounce back more. Basically, yeah. I think I think they I think Jerry G's gonna be really good. I actually don't really think it affects Cortland Sutton that much because I think both of them are gonna no. be able to get their production. I think Cortland Sutton will be great at those 50-50 balls, and I think Jerry Judy lined up against some of the uh, team's second corners. He will have a lot of luck with his rat running skills. What would um, you? Yeah. Well, how would I rank them? Yeah. Would Would you say Judy outranks Sutton right now? Oh, Judy's got bad knees, man. I, I I'm not even ranking him. Who knows if he'll play? <laughs> we, just, we just talked all about this and then you're just, and then you're just throwing a surprise knee segment uh, i know that's because i love my knee segments um i've been watching jerry judy do his off-season workouts you know he worked out with uh lamar and antonio brown one day he looked absolutely phenomenal uh definitely definitely no issue in the knees that i can see on film I think you're right i think they could both be top 20 receivers if drew Locke is as good as uh, people say is, when you watch them throw the ball, and that's kind of what I like watching quarterbacks the most, just, you know, do they look like they're throwing it well and are they accurate? I like the way that Drew Locke slings it, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to provide a great fantasy team kind of the way. You know, it reminds me, it doesn't, I can't say that the comparisons are the same, but do you remember when Patrick Mahomes came in for the last, what was it, couple of games of that Chiefs year after Alex Smith? And everyone's like, oh, he looked pretty good. You know, maybe he'll be good for fantasy next year. Like, he'll probably be good for fantasy. And then he was just so good. Maybe yeah, Drew Locke. I, I don't think he has that talent, but maybe? Yeah, I, Drew Locke is not. I would say he's not. He's not anywhere near. Mahomes. He, he's got a big arm. He's not. I, I don't think his arm is as good as Josh Allen. Um. But I think he's. But I think the difference between that is whoever it's the Broncos system. Their offensive coordinator is Pat Shermer, who, you know, has been known to be a good offensive coordinator. Didn't work out as a head coach, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, we'll see. okay. Moving on to the, I would say I thought this was the most interesting selection in the entire NFL draft. C.D. Lamb goes to the Cowboys. How? How how on earth did the Cowboys land C D Lamb? I, I will not know. Jerry on his X-Men yacht just <laughs> he just made it happen. Um yeah, this is an interesting thing because I think the Cowboys needed a receiver. I but I think they needed a number three receiver. So I think the interesting thing now is CeeDee Lamb's really good. He was my favorite receiver. Mm -hmm. um, he's, number one. he's the number one of this year. No, I think he's – he's great. He's going to be great. I think 
all three Cowboy receivers are going to be really good. Um, Best rookie receiver, not of the Cowboys, is what I meant. Yeah, yes. I, I'm all in on C.D. Lamb. I think it works with um, Gallup and, and Amari. I could actually see him being the number one guy and outdoing Amari by the end of the year. Um, he just kind of has – He's just a more explosive guy. He just likes to go out and get the ball. Um, and he's a, he's a great yards after the catch guy. I think that was a, that was a huge thing for him in college too. Um, I think he's going to end up being their big play receiver, but I, I don't want to speak to you soon, but I think by the end of the year, C.D. Lamb is the number one Cowboys receiver. It's interesting you say that because I was also thinking maybe the same thing. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are both extraordinarily talented. Uh, probably talented than <laughs> a lot of teams' receivers in the NFL. But now you throw in C.D. Lamb, all three of these guys, so good. I think if Dak Prescott does not absolutely feast this year, assuming that he plays for the Cowboys, then he deserves to be on my no-excuses list because, wow, does he have a core of receivers plus Zeke plus Jarwin. Don't forget about Jarwin. Yeah, and, uh, oh, I, I have not forgotten about Jarwin. It's going to be I deadly. Think, it's going to be a deadly offense this year. It's going to be a deadly offense. I, I think maybe it hurts Gallup a little bit more. Um, no, I'm, I'm into it. I think, I think it helps Zeke, too. Like, this is a good team. This is a good uh, team. Of course, we're probably going to be drafting Michael Gallup a little bit lower because C.D. Lamb should uh, cut into that wide receiver two target share. Um, but other than that, I don't, uh, yeah, it won't have too crazy a fantasy impact overall. Um, but CD Lamb, I like the pick. Who do we got next? Jalen Rieger, who was drafted by the Eagles. Who of course (laughs) would have loved to get CD Lamb had he fallen just one more pick. So... I think this is really just a need. I'm not super high on Jalen Rieger. I think he's a little small. I don't know he has the body to be a number one receiver. He's 5'11". Right. Uh, short arms, uh, which I think is a, an underrated trait in a, in a wide receiver. Um, he's not going to be a deep ball guy. Um, but I just think out of need, he's going to get production. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is once again injured. He had a Liz Frank surgery on his foot. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I, 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 think he, I think he's out till August. Um, so maybe not, maybe not the Alshon Jeffrey knees, but um, if a Liz Frank injury, if you remember, is what... Oh, I, what Hollywood Brown had. Yes. They, they like, uh, throw a big metal screw in your foot. You keep it in there for a while, and then once it heals up, they take it out. And while the big metal screw is in your foot, there can be multiple complications, as there was with Hollywood. But now I'm watching it. It's not his knees. If it's not his knees, I don't care. And that is probably the worst fantasy football advice that you will ever get from a podcast. If it's yeah. not the knees, I don't care. If you remember, actually, uh, Le'Veon Bell had that injury for, I think, in 2013. It was his first kind of it's, – it's a hard injury because it does kind of end up leading to more injuries if it's not recovered fully. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Alshon Jeffrey, I think, is, was pretty much 
is pretty much dead. Yeah. And the Eagles, I was listening uh, to some takes on this earlier. They threw to their tight ends, uh, Ertzin, Gobert, Goddard. Goddard. Yeah. They, they threw to them, like, and I think Ertz had, like, 120, 130 targets. And I think uh, Goddard actually finished with 80 or 90 targets. So the question in my mind is, now that there is a receiver that is not Alshon Jeffrey, will he take some of those tight end targets? Or are the Eagles just going to say, no, nah, we like our tight ends. We're just going to run with them. And Miles Sanders, of course. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not – Philadelphia is one of the better front offices in the league. I think they've proven that time and time again. This pick was strange to me because especially I think the guy that we're going to talk about next, I just don't understand why they didn't take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they were oh, Justin Jefferson? Yeah. So they were talking about I heard all these Eagles fans saying, we want Justin Jefferson. I thought they were going to go for him. So let's, let's talk about – I don't – well, first off, David, how much of Justin Jefferson did you watch at LSU? Oh, I watched some Justin Jefferson. I think I think he is my number one uh, fantasy rookie for the wide receiver class this year. So I thought Justin fantasy Jefferson. Fantasy-wise. I don't think he's as talented as Judy or CeeDee Lamb, but he's no. just someone when you watch the tape, you're just like, this dude is sick. Like, exactly. he, he and T. Higgins, to me, were like – just the people that I think I watched the most of. Um, Justin Jefferson, I think, in Oklahoma, I mean, obviously Oklahoma's defense is, was abominable, but Justin Jefferson just murdered them. He had, I think, three touchdowns in the first half. Um, he's a great jump ball receiver, which I think yep. is interesting because the Vikings lose digs, um, and he kind of ends up maybe filling that role. I think he's going to – I think he's going to explode. I, I think he's really good. Um, you know, I, I obviously Thielen's still there. I I think he's going to. I think he's basically going to be the same production as Stephon Diggs was. And let's yeah. not forget that um, Stephon Diggs finished with something like ninety targets last year. The year before that, a hundred fifty targets is what he had. Um, now we finally have was it Stefanski going to the Browns? So. Maybe I know. I know everyone assumes that the Vikings will be this run-first team that they were last year, but I think the targets and the opportunities are both there for Jefferson. Adam Thielen, keeping he is a great receiver, but he's what 30, 31. He hasn't looked too fast in the last couple of years. I mean, the last year, but that's because he was injured. I think the opportunity is there for Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, both of them they're not outside receivers. I think Justin Jefferson also. Right, I think he probably works more in the slot. Um, He's more of a jump ball receiver. I, I want to say he's not as big as this guy, but he reminded me a lot of Vincent Jackson, if you remember that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's really good. I think the question is with him, and I think all receivers on the Vikings, is what, <laughs> what does it say about Kirk? Coming from a skins guy, Kirk Cousins is – I don't know. I want to say he's a good quarterback because everything should lead you to say that he's a good quarterback. But some games you watch him and you're just like, what the hell, man? What? Okay, so obviously Stephon Diggs basically just disowned Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen, I mean, I guess maybe they made up. Um, what do you think Justin Jefferson's going to think about 
going from Joe Burrow to Kirk Cousins? I don't think it will be too crazy a jump. Um, one of the comparisons I keep thinking about was when Stephon Diggs went to the Bills this year. Everyone was trying to make comparisons from uh, Kirk Cousins to Josh Allen. And as big an arm as Josh Allen has, he is not the most incredibly accurate downfield. Um, Kirk Cousins kind of works the opposite, where he actually does have pretty good downfield percentage numbers. I don't know if that's going to help Jefferson per se, because he's not. Well, a lot of people, that was his big criticism going into the draft is that he wasn't a burner. He's not someone that's going to blow people away with his speed. And then he ran a 4 or something at the 40, and then everyone was just like, oh, geez, maybe this guy does have speed. And that's all the reasons that um, the Eagles should have taken him. But, yeah, I like him for fantasy. Do you have any more thoughts on him, or you ready to go to the next one? We can go to the next one. I'm just I'm a I'm a big fan of Justin Jefferson. That's my that's my thing. Um, let's see. Who do you have up next? I forgot the, the top of my the head. Next, the next one up is uh, Brandon Ayuk. Ah, drafted by the Niners. That's what I was going to say. You were talking about uh, you're talking about wingspan earlier. Talk about a guy with wingspan. Brandon Ayuk is I believe he's only six feet tall. Yeah, he's six, six, yeah. He's six feet. He is about the wingspan of an eight-footer. Yeah, he's got that, that catch radius. I think he has, um, it's an 80-inch. He's an 80-inch wingspan. Yeah, it's, he, yeah. Insane. Uh, as for fantasy, I don't care. I just don't care at all about this guy. Uh, the 49ers, they spread the ball. They already got Debo. Ayuk kind of looks like uh, the, new, the new Debo, but um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think I, he's, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be the clear number two to Debo. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurd, I don't really, you know, not sure. I mean, they also have George Kittle, so I, I think it's going to go Kittle, Debo, and then Ayuk. But then also, you got to remember that the, the Niners also are just a run-heavy team. Exactly. If you could have one player from the 49ers, who would it be? I'm taking Kittle. Kittle, yeah. Kittle is one of those guys that I want to think of as the Kelsey superstar, a guy who's about to break out and catch something like 110, 120 catches or something. But I don't think that he plays in the right system for that. I think he still is a great blocker, and he'll be doing a lot of that this year. I think George Kittle is a top 10 NFL player. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. He's top 10 without a doubt, but the system he plays in – Makes him a little less valuable than uh, the Kelseys of the world. Yeah. So, okay, that's that's pretty much the number. That's the first round wide receivers. Um, um, real quickly, I will touch on T. Higgins. Oh, yeah. Because the Bengals are in a complete rebuild. Naturally, you would think T. Higgins would be the wide receiver three after A.J. Green and, um, and Tyler Boyd are on the field. But A.J. Green... Lots of histories. Tyler Boyd came in to fill that role, got 150 targets last year, but he doesn't look like the guy. He doesn't look like the elite talent. So I want to know, is there a chance that T. Higgins comes on the field, looks dominant, and is the wide receiver one for the Bengals? You're forgetting about – you're forgetting about um... – Oh, shit, Tate. Right? Auden Tate? Oh, Auden Tate. <laughs> I was going to say you're forgetting about John Ross. 
Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say Joe Mixon. No, but that's funny because you said here because I I completely forgot about on tape. So clearly, the Bengals' receiver is not uh, not a great. Yeah, they pick. didn't need. Are you? Oh, you were gonna say they the Bengals don't have a great receiving core. I mean, I think there are guys with stuff there. Here's the thing: I really like T. Higgins. I think he is a big game type guy. He's a real smooth. You watch when he runs; he's just a good route runner. He's got smooth hips, which I think is really important for a wide receiver. Um, he's really good outside, like on the edge. I think this is just more big about. I don't know how much AJ Green has left. I wouldn't be surprised uh, AJ Green's last year. Um, I do like Tyler Boyd, but I don't think he's a number one receiver. And then, I mean, John Ross, at what point are we just <laughs> giving is up? It just, is it not happening for John Ross? So, I mean, maybe, maybe he could just be one of those receivers that takes a few extra years to break out. But I also don't think he's great at football. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not. I like T. Higgins. I, I think he has some value. I think it's just the Bengals just aren't going to be very good. And uh, it won't be relevant, but Auden Tate? I watched him line up last year. That dude is massive. That dude looks like DK Metcalf. Crazy. Yeah, I mean. But not, not important for fantasy. Not really too important for the Bengals. They have a lot of weapons. Are we done with our wide receivers for today? Well, I, I want to I run through, like, just briefly touch on, not necessarily, like, by the wide receivers, but just on a couple of moves that I thought were interesting. Um, Go ahead. I like Levick. So I'm going to talk about the Jaguars because they took two receivers that I really liked. They're also the two receivers that I liked in person. Uh, they took the, the first, the second round. They took Lavisca Chenault, who, um, a pretty versatile guy. Uh, he is just a big dude. He's six one two twenty five. Um, he's not necessarily like a burner, uh, but he, yeah, he's just a big guy. He's more of a – he can play a little bit of running back. Um, I think the Jaguars, like he could – he probably – he ran a lot of end rounds at Colorado. So he's good with the ball in his hands. He just doesn't have necessarily a lot of speed, you know, to create separation. Um, I think it just depends on how he's used in the offense. Um but I like him. I think if he's in the right system, I think he could be good. Another guy that the Jaguars picked is they took my boy Colin Johnson, who I think I mentioned in the last draft, 6'7", 220. Um, Jesus. Just huge. Just a huge guy. Like, look, it, it literally it looked like Kevin Durant just, like, out on the field. He's got long arms, too. Um, can just come down with a lot of 50-50 balls. I remember when we were watching, uh, I think I mentioned this, the USC-Texas game. Texas' plan basically late in the game was they were just going to throw the ball really high in the air, and then Colin Johnson was just going to reach his arms out, and he got over it. Now, granted, the NFL is a little bit tougher. Um, a little tougher. So, you know, we'll see how he is. He's, he, he, he doesn't necessarily have a ton of other great skills other than just being really tall and able to catch jump balls. But uh, I don't know. Maybe Gardner Minshew can uh, – well, I don't know, because I guess – actually. Sorry, I I could thought of something completely different. What's up? I had two notes, but you can finish your Gardner Minshew rant if you want. It's not really a rant. I'm just saying 
I really like Colin Johnson and LaVisca Chenault. I don't know if Gardner Minshew is the guy uh, to necessarily maximize their potential. Also, I think all the Jaguars wide receivers are just, like, wait and sees, like, the DJ yeah. Chucks, D.D. Westbrook, like. Oh, I think you have to wait on DJ Chark now. He was a little hyped before the season, but clearly the Jags want more wide receiver help. And then uh, I got a skins thing, unless – but you go with what you got. I'll go with my first note, which is about Chenault. And I – again, this is just something I see with my eyes. I have nothing to back it up. He looks like the Zach Moss of wide receivers, just a dude that wants to punish you if you're a defender. And he has an injury history like Zach Moss, and sometimes I wonder if that's not the right way to play the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Football's a vicious sport, and, like, you know, take those defenders down, but sometimes save those shoulders, save those knees. Please don't, don't go so hard. Um, that was note one because uh, Chenault does have that injury history. And then number two was, um, oh, this one was completely random because it wasn't even someone that was drafted. It was the lack of being drafted. Green Bay Packers, what are you doing? No wide receivers. And what that signals to me is that they like Lazard. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's the wide receiver too. It was kind of a joke last year, like, oh, the lizard man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he is a legit wide receiver too on that team now. They did not take a wide receiver. They did take a tight end in the third round. Um, But, yeah, wow, they didn't take a single tight end. So, yeah, I I mean, I guess – is there still hope for uh, MVS? I don't know. Still hope uh, for uh, yeah, yeah. St. Brown? I never I, – I will not write a receiver off after their first season. I'll, I'll give them preseason and their second year to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's interesting. I, the Packers did a lot of interesting things. Packers <laughs> did a lot of interesting things. I believe what they're trying to do is just piss off Aaron Rodgers as much as possible, where he'll just win them a Super Bowl out of spite, just to say, see, I told you guys I could do it. That's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Do you want to give, like, 10 seconds on Denzel Mims? Of course I would like to give 10 seconds on Denzel Mims. I love that he is going to the Jets. Uh, I'm happy that the Jets could get him where they did. Uh... Who else they got on the Jets receiving core? They have Perriman to kind of stretch the field. They have Crowder um, for those short okay. passes. And I think Mims could be the 50-50 guy. They got Lev in the backfield. Uh, they, they picked an offensive lineman in the first round. I think, yeah, it's just one of those teams where I think they filled the needs that they were supposed to fill. Yeah, I, Darnold likes to throw the ball up. So He loves throwing the ball up. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that pick for them. I thought it was good value to get in the second round. I want to talk about the skins real briefly because I actually really liked the wide receivers they took. So they took uh, Antonio Gibson, who from Memphis. Who I don't know if you watched a lot, David, but uh, oh, I watched uh, my Gibson highlights. A guy who played both running back and wide receiver. So actually, a lot of people thought that. Um, he should be classified as a, as a running back as opposed to a wide receiver. So, you know, I like, I like using these guys who can play multiple positions. So maybe I like that too. Um, you know, the Redskins and their system, I believe that their offensive coordinator 
you know, however, you know, Ron Rivera likes to do a lot of interesting things. So um, we'll see what they did. And they also took Antonio, another Antonio, Antonio Gandy Golden. Who's oh, Gandy Golden. 225 from Liberty, who we should point out, still doing class. Um, <laughs> he's not, he's not fast, but he's just big. And so, you know, maybe Dwayne Haskins or whoever the quarterback for the Redskins is this year, maybe can just throw it up. So um, one person said he's an uncut gem. So maybe the skins got something there. I also want to point out the Raiders took two wide receivers back to back. Right. Uh, They took Brian Edwards, who is like good. He's like more of a bigger guy, you know, and I I mean, the Raiders need a wide receivers anyway, but they also took Lynn Bowden, who, if you, I don't know if you realize this, David, but, actually was never a wide receiver. He played, he was a starting quarterback for Kentucky for the last three years, but entered as a wide receiver. Um, I'll read you some of the, the pre-draft analysis here from scouts.com. Um, he was the starting quarterback. He's an elusive open field runner, returned two punts for touchdowns in 2018 and has a small catching radius. So, you know, mixed bag there. But I thought it was interesting that he played quarterback because if you, as you know, another Raiders star also played quarterback, uh, Josh Jacobs. So really do the Raiders actually have four quarterbacks on their team? That's funny. I thought you were going to make a trail prior joke. I, Oh, I totally forgot about trail prior. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I got for receivers. Um, do you want to talk tight ends today? Maybe one or two, Cole Komet and uh, whoever yeah, the other guys. Yeah, so I'll, I'll briefly touch on the tight ends. There's not a, a ton a ton there. I thought it was interesting the Patriots took two. Um, they took Dalton Keene, or they first took Devin Aziazi, uh, who. I don't want to say he's Aaron Hernandez, but I'm not going to say that. But he's a pretty athletic guy, uh, can play a lot of different points. Um, he's a good blocker. He's pretty fast. He's a, he's a good athlete. I think that's what it is. Um, I just, you know, we've had – it just depends. To me, it's just I don't know who the Patriots quarterback is. Is it Jared Siddham? Because uh, if so, it's you know it's okay. And then Dalton Keene is more of a um, he's just a guy you can catch. He's not necessarily going to do a ton other than catch the ball. Um, as a blocker, I don't know. I, one of the one of the things I'll read right here is thing. He's tough and frequently battles to his stalemate as a blocker. So I don't understand. Does that mean he wins? blocks or he just is good at not losing um but i don't know cole Komet, interesting that the bears took him uh they have jimmy graham i i I think oh and of course we have to mention the bears now have 10 that's right 10 tight ends on their team jesus christ i i i don't think that's a real issue i i i think cole command jimmy graham are gonna be the only ones there oh it's not i mean it's not gonna be an issue for Cole, it's an issue for the other nine tight ends that they have to get rid of. Yeah, I mean, R.I.P. Trey Burton. 
I, I really believed in him. Like this um, has to this has to do something to your team, right? These are it's nine other people that you're just ignoring. You could, those could be any positions, and they're they give it to literally probably their least valuable one. Yeah, crazy. All right. I mean, I can't even with the Bears. I I can't even. It's a tough. It's a tough time for the Bears. Uh, yeah. I mean, Adam Troutman. I think I may have touched on briefly. Um, Saints took him. Was generally regarded as the second best tight end in the draft after Cole Komet. Um, a good guy played at Dayton, which I think kind of knocked him down a little bit. Um, he's pretty quick, and he's he's six five two fifty five. So. I think he has a lot of potential, and I think he can play behind Jared Cook right now. Um, I think he has – I mean, Jared Cook, another big guy who's fast. So, maybe – the thing is just the Saints never use tight ends. They really don't. So, the issue is going to be, is he going to get enough reps unless he beats out Jared Cook? So, not a great tight end draft. Yeah, not, not a great tight end draft, but um... – yeah, I think that about sums it up for today. Maybe let's Wait, end off. Do you want to briefly yeah. run through the quarterbacks? Right, actually, I mean, they're not- um, let's do this for the quarterbacks. And it's what I was going to propose we do to end this podcast for today would be uh, the most interesting thing that happened or didn't happen in the quarterback situation. I will start mine off because I was just scrolling through some of the draft uh, draft stuff. The Bills chose Fromm, Jake Fromm. They took Fromm, yeah. The opposite of Josh Allen. Exactly. What? Like, what? (laughs) I mean, I know they have confidence with Josh Allen, but it seems – actually, maybe it makes sense. If Josh Allen goes down, you don't want someone coming in trying to play like him. You want someone to just be a game manager, and that's what Fromm is good for. Yeah, I think a lot of these things were just backups. You know, the Jets took a guy in the fourth round who – like, they took James Morgan – who, like, I don't, I, I just, you know. Most inter- you know, What's the most interesting QB thing you found in the draft? I think, I mean, I think it's Jordan Love because I thought the Packers were going to take a quarterback in the draft anyway. Um, I just thought they were going to go, like, late, like, fifth, sixth round and maybe look to just get a um, – just like a developmental prospect. And I love, while I think people agree is a developmental prospect is like, they took him in the first round. And I think, you know, as people kind of, people make the point, Aaron Rodgers is 36. That doesn't mean as much as it did when they drafted him and they had Brett Favre. He does have an injury history. He has not been the same quarterback the last four to five years. No. But I think what's really interesting about Jordan Love is first-round picks, um, I think Warren Sharp is the one who put the stat out there, that they have a five-year contract, and then the team has to pick up or let them go after three years. Hmm. And basically, if it's after three years, it's just a huge if – you, if you let them go, it basically means you didn't play them, and it's like a huge financial – like you're just sinking money. Ah, and that's – So a, the basic thing is – what a lot of experts were saying is Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback for the Packers by 2022 or they trade him. So that basically gives Aaron Rodgers two years to basically be the old Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) 
Maybe. I don't know if I see that situation turning out pretty. Yeah. I like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is not the, not the quarterback you want to mess with. I, literally out of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, he is not the one you want to mess with. Yeah. Just I, ask, his, uh, ask his family. Ask his brother. Ask those uh, parents he never talks to. I mean, sorry, I, sorry I, Aaron Rodgers, for these mean roasts. I apologize to you, Aaron Rodgers. I think the, I think all these quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective are just not going to be. Oh, sorry, just got to update. The Rams drafted a kicker, so uh, oh, maybe one. The Patriots drafted a Nazi. What? Not an actual Nazi. Uh, oh, disclaimer! Disclaimer to everyone out there. Rohrwasser. He. Uh, Merely got a three percent tattoo, three percenters tattoo. Uh, again, you know, we're not all historical experts on this show. It's not a good tattoo to have. Did he have an explanation for why he got it? Yeah, he thought it was some military uh symbol he was getting with his team or something. Not a great look. Maybe he's a great kicker. If he's a great kicker, then I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for uh years to come. Yeah. Uh, tough to see. I think <laughs> it's always tough to see when your team picks a Nazi. Uh, yeah. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't, I don't know how much any of these quarterbacks are really going to mean anything this year. I think Joe Burrow is definitely the one who's going to get playing time, but he's just not. I, I just don't think the Bengals are going to be good enough. Well, that's interesting. Uh, you say that he's going to get uh, playing time because I was listening to some stuff earlier that they might hold him out for a few games while Andy Dalton gets the start, whereas Justin Herbert, he might get the start. That's interesting because I've heard the exact opposite. I heard there's no way Andy Dalton is a starter week one. And I actually believe – I believe Justin Herbert doesn't start until like week five at the earliest. I think they're – the Chargers – I follow a lot of Chargers stuff. They're pretty They're pretty set on Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, but the Browns were set on Tyrod too before uh, – in the Baker I, season. I'd like to bet a lot of money that Tyrod Taylor is a starter <laughs> week one. Um, I'm not betting against the Chargers fan on this one. Tua, I, I just – I don't know if he plays this year. I think they're pretty content. With he shouldn't. Right he now. shouldn't. You know what's interesting, though, is I think if you're going to talk about fantasy impact, mm-hmm. do we think Jalen Hurts ha- potentially has the most uh, – has, hmm. has an opportunity here? Very interesting. <laughs> I mean, if Carson Jalen Hurts – is injured literally every year. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, if he plays, will be fantasy relevant. And actually – that might be one of the only quarterbacks we can say that for, because he will run, and he will run. But is he, is he going to be fantasy relevant in the sense of, like, Taysom Hill, where it's like, Taysom Hill is fantasy relevant, but, like, I don't think anyone's no. ever going to start Taysom Hill. No. Taysom, well, Taysom Hill is a little di- – I hope he's a little different. But um, Jalen Hurts, he does strike me as, like, a dude that just wants to – like, he wants it, man. He wants to get can, those can wins. Squat, can squat 500 pounds. He could run. I, he's a better thrower than Taysom Hill. Um, not a great thrower, but you know, we'll see. We'll see if he if Carson Wentz goes down. I would recommend we pick up uh, we pick up Jalen Hurts. Yeah. All right. Well, that about does it on best friends fantasy. Um, I will stop this.